Hey, Michelle here. Welcome back to the Compel podcast, where we share how ordinary women spread the gospel story. Thanks for joining us on this series as we talk about what motivates us to share the gospel story. Today, we have Karen Earls with us to talk about our identity in Christ. Karen is a local who has worked at Word of Life Bible Institute in the past, and she has experience as a biblical counselor to women. We're so excited for you to hear this encouraging conversation. podcast. I'm Lauren Dukeman and today I'm with my co-host Michelle and Karen Earls. So Karen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, Before we begin, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was born and raised in Ontario. Mm -hmm. We moved a fair amount because of my dad's work, but that really taught me contentment in adjusting to different environments and different hometown. So that was good for me. I came to know the Lord when I was either five or six years old. I understood my sin and that I needed a savior and that Christ paid the debt on the cross for me. Um, it was at a Nawana group afterwards that my dad explained the gospel to me and I really trusted Christ as savior then. I'm blessed to be married to a great man named Nathan, and we've been married for 19 years. Um, We've been missionaries with Word of Life for 18 years, and it's just um, a great ministry to be involved in and to see the Word of God impacting hearts and minds. When we were first married, we studied at Word of Life in New York, and then we came to do our summer ministry in Owen Sound. And they were needing a cook because they were opening the Bible Institute Mm -hmm. and God really opened the doors for us. And so I cooked for them for a long time, but then due to my health with endometriosis, I had to step away from that role, but there was a role needed for Nathan to fill in. So he works for them full time and, um, God's opened different doors and closed different doors at different times in my life. But right now that's what's going on in our lives. And we're grateful to be a part of that. That's awesome that you guys have been there since the start of the Bible college opening. That's really cool. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like Michelle said earlier, um, our desire for the series is to go back and rewind a little bit um, just to address the why behind missions and what is motivating us to go share the gospel story with our neighbors or even to countries around the world. So today's episode, we're going to talk about our identity in Christ um, as believers and how that encourages us and motivates us. So um, our identity in Christ, that's something I wasn't very familiar as a young kid. Um, even as a, a young adult, it wasn't until I went to Bible school and began to understand like who I am in Christ and how much that has just impacted my Christian walk. It's just incredible. And I think, yeah, I'm just really excited to talk with you today about it because I think it's something that's really important for every all believers to know. Um, so maybe, Karen, if you were um, meeting a believer, uh, another believer, and just really briefly how to explain what is identity in Christ? Like, what is that? How would you explain that to someone? I'd probably say that our identity in Christ is who we are because Christ is our Savior. In Him, we're forgiven, loved, chosen, and adopted as His beloved children. These traits are not because of things we've done or earning favor, but because of God's love for us. And His degra- His grace declares these things about us when we trust Jesus personally. Mm. For me, I was excited when you asked me about identity in Christ because having endometriosis, I don't have any children. And sometimes as women, we desire that. And I really, even as a young girl, always wanted to be a mom. Mm -hmm. So recognizing that my identity is found in Christ and not in being a mother is really important to me and something that I have to continually remind my heart of. And I'm grateful for a husband that accepts the fact that we weren't able to have kids and that together we're able to know that Christ is all that we need and more than sufficient. 
So thanks for asking me for this topic because it's something that means a lot to me personally. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's so awesome just to hear your testimony and how knowing your identity has impacted you so much. And um, you kind of hinted at it, but why do you think it is so important for us as believers to understand our identity or I guess like what happens when we're not understanding who we are in Christ? Um, I think because we live in a world where lots of things draw our attention, whether it's our work or um, where we live or how much money we make or what we look like or all kinds of other things can draw us into finding our worth there, but those things can change really drastically Mm -hmm. and they're not an eternal place to find value. And God really wants us to have that certainty and security only in Him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so as we're thinking, I feel like identity is, I mean, it's really simple, but also a little complex because it has a lot that goes with it. Maybe if we can go back and start, you know, who we were before Christ, um, like what, yeah, what were we like then? And then we can talk about, you know, who we are now that we have placed our faith in Christ. So yeah, who were we before we met Christ? Like what was true of us then? Mm -hmm. The Bible makes it clear that we're all sinners. We inherit our sin nature at birth. Psalm 51.5 tells us, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. We also choose wrongdoings in thought, actions, and words. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So before Christ, we stand guilty, spiritually lost, and dead people. 1 John 1.8 declares, If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So before Christ, we're lost and hopeless, and it sounds dark and terrible, but it's important that we understand who we were because that makes the light of the gospel that much more permeating and significant. Yeah, and it definitely has a lot to do with our identity because knowing before that there was nothing that I could have done to save myself, that kind of just gets rid of the whole idea that it's about me and what I do, that my salvation is about me maintaining it or that I had any part in making myself acceptable to God, right? I just think of the emotional roller coaster that you can be in as a believer if we think that we are the ones that contributed to our salvation. Days when we fail, we might feel like, oh man, like I'm blowing it. Like, what does God think of me now? Or when we're doing really well and feel like we're being a good Christian, we can feel pride in thinking that it's all about me. So yeah, I love how you're just pointing out that, you know, even as a believer, it's important for me to remember those verses that before I was saved, that was my spiritual reality. Mm -hmm. And yeah. No, I think it's so true because I keep remembering those verses like, none are righteous and we were just so dead in sin before Christ and just yeah what you're kind of both saying just so incapable of doing anything pleasing to him even I guess the example of the Israelites and the de- where are they were wilderness so perhaps like oh yeah Lord we're gonna follow you and then you know the next moment they're building an idol and yeah so even just seeing them God's people and not just totally incapable of yeah following God and following them with their whole heart so We've been focusing on what is true of us before we're saved, but we really want to spend time in this episode focusing on what is true of us now. So after we place our faith in Christ, what changes and what is the good news? The good news is that we have an answer to the guilt problem, and though we are stuck in sin, God provided a way for us, and He provided that through His Son, Jesus Christ. And Romans 5.8 says that 
but God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it's incredible that we were hopeless and that there was no solution in and of ourselves, but Jesus came. And it says in the great hymn, Amazing Grace, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And if we accept Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for our sin, that he didn't stay dead, but that he came back to life, proving that he could conquer sin and death for us, Mm -hmm. then we can be forgiven and we can be sure that our sins are gone. The Bible tells us that as far as the East is from the West, our sins can be removed from us. And it's just amazing that there is hope, there is an answer, and that it's not in ourselves because then we're not depending on the way that we perform or look or act, but that Christ paid that sacrifice for us. Yeah. That's amazing. Good news. Like it just blows my mind. Like what on earth is God thinking? Cause we're just so awful and just sinners and no, nowhere near his standard perfection. And yet Christ came down to die for us. And just mm-hmm. that love, like John three sixteen, you know, for God's love in the world. That's just so nuts. Um, yeah. it's just, it's, it seems too good to be true. And I think sometimes we struggle with that. Like that can't actually be true. That simply by receiving by faith, that all of these things are true of us. It's just crazy. But I love how in Ephesians, you know, one and two, where he lists all the things that are true of us, you know, we are blessed. We have every spiritual blessing. The phrase to the glory of his grace is repeated so many times. It's like God really just wanted to show off his grace. Like he's so good. And um, he just wanted to lavish his love on us. And it's just crazy to me that simply by faith, everything that's true of Christ is put on our account. And it's just so humbling. I think it reveals his character too. (laughs) Just how gracious he is and compassionate. And you see that in the Old Testament. And then, yeah, just what's that word culminates or comes Mm -hmm. to the climax with Christ. Like, this is so amazing. Just look, he's lavishing his grace upon us. And it's just Mm -hmm. freely, we just have to freely accept that, which is just so, I don't know, not difficult to understand. It's so different. But Karen, like, what do you think, like, as we're talking, it, it does help to understand like who we were before Christ. And how do you think understanding our depravity and our sin nature helps us appreciate the gospel more? I think it's vital that we understand that we were guilty so that we know that we need saving. And it's important to contrast the darkness of our heart before Christ, because then that makes the amazing gift of the gospel just that much more significant. Because if we don't really understand where we were, then what we are now just pales in comparison. Yeah. Sometimes that's why maybe this stuff doesn't mean that much to us. You know, for those of us who have been saved for years, we read it so many times. But I think a big wake up call for us can be just to stop and remember, okay, reading through the book of Ephesians and realizing I was completely lost before he saved me as a kid, you know, and thinking about where I would be now apart from him and his grace. And then it just kind of gives me fresh eyes to appreciate all his gifts that much more. Never sure. I think for me as a kid, like I didn't, like I grew up as a pastor's kid. So I was around the gospel all the time, like three times a week probably. But it wasn't until I was nine that I was in bed just thinking the consequences and wages of my sin and where that would lead me. Like, okay, if, if I'm not believing Jesus, I'm going to be going to hell. I'm going to be separated from God for eternity. And that, the weight of my sin just convicted me and just reminded me like, okay, I am in the need of a savior. And kind of like you're saying, like, that's what brought me to salvation is just remembering, yeah, I'm a good person and I go to church, but that's not what is saving me. Like if I want to, um, yeah, I just need to place my faith in Christ for eternity. So 
Yeah, that's true. So another big part of this conversation is kind of talking about position and condition. And Mm -hmm. for those of you who aren't familiar with these terms, when we say position, this is like who we are in God's sight. Like regardless of what other people say or what we even think or feel, this is what's true of us, Mm -hmm. you know, in the cosmic courtroom, so to speak. So we kind of were talking about before we're saved, our position would be separated from God, guilty. And then now that we're saved, our position would be kind of, as Karen was saying, you know, we are holy, righteous in Christ. So let's move on to talk about condition. Lauren, you kind of have an experience from your life that you were going to share, kind of talking about the struggle with our condition not lining up with our position. For me, like, you know, I was saved when I was nine, but I didn't really understand about my identity in Christ or who I was. So I felt like I constantly was like doubting myself and wondering like, oh, well, I don't, today I don't really feel like reading my Bible. And like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like a good person. So maybe I'm not actually saved. Like maybe I didn't pray the right prayer. Um, I would constantly throughout high school, just keep praying, Lord, please save me. I place my trust in you. Because I just didn't know, like maybe I wasn't doing something because I recognize, hey, thought I was safe. I'm still sinning. What is with this? And I'm just not the Christian I want to be. (laughs) But it wasn't until I went to Bible school and then they were teaching on identity in Christ. And like, yes, once you place your faith in Christ, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You can't lose your salvation. Um, And all of these new things are true of you. Like we were saying there, like we're holy in Christ and we're um, united to God through him. And, but at the same time, our condition here on earth is that we still have like our bodies of flesh, our simple bodies. And maybe you can expound on that a little bit, Karen. So it was that understanding like, okay, I am, I am saved, but I'm not in heaven yet. I have not received my glorified body in a sense. So, um, that just gave me so much freedom to love the Lord. Like, wow, this is, I have the freedom to go out and serve him more because of my understanding. Like it flew out of this, um, because I knew of my assurance of my salvation and who I was in Christ that just motivated me to go out and serve him and bring him glory. So, but Karen, for you, like, maybe as you're counseling with people, like, how do you remind them of who they are in Christ? Not only, like, of their position, but also their, their condition. Like, if they're discouraged, like, oh, I keep, I keep on sinning. What do I do? What does this mean? Like, well, how do you counsel them, them in those situations? Um, we don't always feel righteous and holy, but the truth is that God sees us that way. And I think as we spend time in the word and ask God to continue to impress on us what is true, that he'll help us with that. John Piper has said, my feelings are not God. God is God. My feelings don't define truth. God's word defines truth. My feelings are echoes and responses to what my mind perceives. And sometimes, many times, my feelings are out of sync with the truth. When that happens, and it happens every day in some measure, I try not to bend the truth to justify my imperfect feelings, but rather I plead with God, purify my perceptions of your truth and transform my feelings so that they're in sync with the truth. Mm -hmm. So if we know that we have sin that's unconfessed, we need to take time and tell God about it, asking for forgiveness. Our feelings can be triggered by guilt of sin that we must make right. However, sometimes it's just feelings and we have to put our feelings behind what God says to be true because God is God and not our feelings. It's difficult because feelings are strong and powerful, but it's important that we continue to submit them to the word of God and what he declares about us. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I love in that quote, just praying like God help my feelings to line up with the truth. And Mm. like you said, they are not 
truth. Like our feelings are not what's really true. But would you say that they can be sometimes tools to reveal what's really going on? Like you said, okay, I'm feeling guilty. Is this, you know, God searched my heart. Is there actually something in my life that is, you know, there's a reason I should feel like I need to confess this to you, but remembering I'm not condemned in you. I can confess this sin and receive your forgiveness and grace and, and kind of just move on and not let the feelings of guilt continue to, to kind of come with us. Like we can lay our feelings before the Lord and just pray, like, help me to, you know, experience the truth about who I am and walk in freedom. But yeah, sometimes, like you said, feelings are just feelings and they're just, our heads are so like full of different thoughts that are not true. And we need to work through that before the Lord mm-hmm. and align our truth with, align our minds with truth. Yeah. I often think it's not only just my own thoughts I'm working against, but also like other people's opinions of me, like yeah. the struggle of not trying to please me. I'm like, oh, I, I feel so discouraged because these people think this of me or I'm feeling them. So I'm an awful person. Like you, your mind can easily spiral into despair. Do you guys have any experiences like that? Yeah. So like for me, for example, I definitely struggle with wanting to find my identity and sense of worth in what I do and whether or not I'm being productive or successful or kind of my idea of being fruitful and useful to the Lord. And if I feel like I'm not, like for example, if I wake up and I had all these plans for the day and my kids are sick or I'm sick and we're stuck at home in bed watching TV, I I think more than being sick, I struggle with the fact that I'm not doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing today. And that's a struggle. And in those moments, I have to go back and remember, like, regardless of what I do or how I feel today, I am united to Christ. God sees me as his beloved and I can still be who I really am and walk with him and just rejoice in my salvation no matter what is happening. And for you, Karen, what are some, I guess, temptations in your life to find your identity in, you know, things other than Christ or in your past? How have you grown through that? Sure. There's definitely been seasons in life where I've struggled with who I am in Christ, whether it's um, with the endometriosis and not being able to have children and desiring that, comparing myself to other women who have kids or wanting that. God is continually and continues to show me it's not a process that's finished yet, but that being his child is enough and it doesn't have to be the motherhood that I expected or when my endometriosis would get bad and I'd have to leave a job, it would be challenging for me to accept that my pain has stopped me from working in the kitchen at Word of Life or other things like that. But remembering that who Christ says I am is where I find my value and knowing that I belong to him and I am his child and that I don't have to perform to earn his favor, but that he's declared me to be his when I accepted him as my savior. And I think that it's an ongoing process and it's not finished yet, but it's something that God continues to impress on me. And in his wisdom, he knows how we work as humans and gives us his word and his spirit and the tools that we need to continue to believe what's true and what he says about us instead of looking for identity elsewhere. It's just amazing to me that he not only gives us salvation, but he gives us the tools we need to believe what's true and live free as his children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so encouraging and just ho- hopeful because we didn't do anything to earn our salvation. So why would we think we can do anything after 
our salvation to earn more favor with God. Like we were dead in our sins and we did nothing to contribute to anything. That was all the Lord. And so that doesn't change when we become believers in the sense of like, okay, now, now I have to, oh yeah, earn his favor and do good things or no, like who I am is still, that's all because of Christ. And when God looks at me, he looks at what Christ has done, not what I am doing now. Um, that doesn't mean like we should become, we should not become more like Christ. Like that's a little different, but that's, yeah, our identity, our position is sure. And that's not going to change. And that just gives mm-hmm. hope whenever situation we are in life. Like, yeah, that's just so cool. Yeah. And you know what I love? Something that I've been kind of learning the past year is like, so we maybe we're not feeling like we are really holy and righteous, but when we go to him and we remember who we really are in Christ, it's somehow through that process of going back to him and depending on him and remembering what Christ has done for us that I think it's in those little moments that he starts to slowly conform us into his image. And we walk away from, you know, we're always with him, but when we turn our eyes to him and we just behold who he is, we slowly become practically more actually like him, which is so awesome. And yeah, there's just, just related to everything that we're talking about here. Um, there's a little quote I was reading from the Green Letters book. Um, have you guys read that? I have. Yeah. Miles Stanford is just so you know, related to what we're saying here. He says, sadly, most believers reason in this way. When all is going well and God seems to be blessing, then it is that they feel he loves and accepts them. But when they are stumbling and everything seems dry and hard, then they feel he does not love and accept them. How can this be? There is nothing about us to commend us to God, our acceptance being in Christ, plus the fact that most of our true spiritual development comes through the dry and hard times. Mm. Thank God he has accepted us in his son and upon this fact we must rest our faith i just love that i feel like it sums up this struggle you know like it's not dependent on what we see or how we feel but it really is on the truth of what christ has done so as we're thinking about all this crazy good stuff when we try to apply this to our lives like how does this motivate us going forward like knowing who we are in christ how does that motivate us in our life or in our ministries what do you How do you see that, Karen? I think that recognizing who I am in Christ just propels me with gratitude to want to live for Him and not for myself. Mm. And in in an attitude of worship, just apply it to everything that you do in the day. Yeah, definitely. Remembering that I am secure and no matter, you know, whether I fail or succeed, I'm still secure in Christ. It kind of frees us up to just live for him and to share him with the world, knowing that we're not doing that to put like earn his favor, or we're not doing that out of fear. Like I have to do this or else I'm going to lose my salvation. Like knowing that we are secure and that we are connected to him and his love is unconditional. This is just such a freeing, loving place to stem out of in ministry. You know, like we don't have to do things out of pressure or guilt. We just do things out of love, like as a response to his love for us. What about you, Lauren? How does it motivate you? (laughs) So just seeing the love that Christ had for me, that makes me want to go out and share that love with others because I want people just to know this Christ who has had this great love for all of us. He wants all of us to come to know him. Um, And that just, he just is like, the model. He's modeling this example of love that I need to look at towards myself and towards others and seeing people who are the same state that I was and just trying to show them love and just passing on this message of good news to them um, so that they can just enjoy Christ and 
yeah, I get to know the father. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Before we kind of wrap up all our thoughts, I just really wanted to touch on the fact that not only does our identity motivate us, but it actually is what empowers us as well. Do you have thoughts on how knowing our identity actually empowers us to live out our purpose? Times when we think, oh, you know, going out and sharing the gospel or loving others, I don't feel like I'm capable of doing that in my own, you know, strength. Mm -hmm. How do you think that knowing our identity empowers us as well? Knowing that when we accept Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes into us and anything that we're doing isn't then on our own strength or ability, but it's because the Spirit of Christ is in us. Mm -hmm. That compels us to be able to um, live for Him and to honor Him and to serve Him in a way that isn't dependent upon us. And it allows us to bring glory and honor to Him because we recognize it's not in us and it's not by us, but it's through Him and for His glory only. Yeah, I love that. Well, just reminding you, it's okay if I don't have it all together. It's okay if I feel like I can't do this. I can't raise kids. I can't teach Sunday school. I can't go overseas. I can't teach at a Bible school or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. that's okay because we're all, we're just so reliant on God for everything in life. And he has promised us he's going to go with us and give us the Holy Spirit. And that there's a verse somewhere that talks about like everything pertaining to life and godliness. We have that. Mm-hmm. So that boldness that comes through that, knowing that we're not going alone. We're not going unequipped because he has equipped us with his word and with the Mm -hmm. Holy spirit and with the church. Like that's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, so I, it's okay if I don't feel like I've got it all together and that like, yeah, because Christ is the one who is able and God is able to work through us. And I think we see that all throughout in the new Testament of just people, average people with, yeah, lots of flaws and just like us, (laughs) like me, (laughs) um, going out and serving the Lord and, also thinking of how Paul talks to the New Testament, just reminding them who they are in Christ. Usually at the beginning of his letter, like you're saying in Ephesians, like this is who you are in Christ. So, you know, walk in that, live in that mm-hmm. truth. And that's how you're going to love one another. So it's just so hopeful. Yeah. And I think sometimes when I don't feel these things and I'm just telling them to myself, I can almost believe the lie. This mm-hmm. is just a mind game. I'm just telling myself these truths so that I'll try to be this way but no like you said Karen we actually have his spirit in us mm-hmm. and these things are not just truths that we say oh I'm going to be like this in heaven like this is actually how God sees us now and he's yeah. given us a new life we have Christ in us and it's it's crazy and it still doesn't fully make sense to me but somehow by expressing our faith in that by walking in that he goes along and empowers us to actually live that out so yeah I just have to remember it's not just like I'm telling myself these things it's actually true I like that too sometimes our culture is like oh it's okay to be like a hot mess it's okay to recognize that we are not great like we make a lot of mistakes but also we don't have to live in that like we're living in what is true of us now and that's what we can be like that is our identity and that's what we should be like look I know I make a lot of mistakes but this is what Christ and me is doing so Mm -hmm. I can boast in that yeah and I think it's true that we as Christians we still sin but we are not sinners anymore that's not our identity and I think for years I thought it was super humble to be like oh I'm just a dirty sinner like I I'm I'm not perfect I mess up and that's true we're human but we are not sinners. That's not who we are anymore. Like we are his children, we're his beloved, and we have been given, clothed in his righteousness. And yes, we still fail to fully walk in that, but we can just get right back up and keep walking in that. 
Well, to wrap things up here, Karen, do you have anything that the Lord has put on your heart or that he's teaching you lately that you would like to share with us? Recently, I was doing a Bible study and it asked me to read in Ezekiel chapter 37 and God takes Ezekiel into this dry valley and there's all these human dead bones and he asks him if they can come back to life and Ezekiel wisely says, Lord, only you know. And so that passage to me really indicates even though it's an Old Testament history about our identity in Christ today, because in Christ, he takes our dead, lifeless, impossible situation and he gives us life. He breathes into us through his spirit, a relationship with him and allows us to live with him and develop that relationship. Ephesians 2, 1 to 5 says, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, you too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So in the Ezekiel account, it's history, literal dried bones, but in our own spiritual life, he has taken us from driven towards living for ourselves and sinful and selfish and not seeking God. And he gave us life eternal and he allows us through his spirit to live as children of his that are chosen and living in the spirit with a new perspective and attitude. And it's just amazing to me that he can take something that's dead in sin and give us life and hope. And out of that, we can show others a love that's not selfishly motivated, but really truly loving because Christ is in us and allows us to live that new life in him. And I just think that that's an amazing par- parallel and important for us to understand that he's changed everything about us and allow that to permeate who we are now. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It definitely does relate to what we're talking about today. And it's just crazy to me that like, we are just, Christ just lives in us and takes over, you know, gives us life. Because apart from him, we really don't have any ability to really be righteous. Mm-hmm. It's such an awesome encouragement for us going on in our lives. So thank you so much, Karen, for sharing. Thank you for the opportunity to yeah, be here. We're so happy. have an amazing free resource coming your way. We are sharing printable identity and Christ cards that you can download for free. So follow our Instagram account at Compel Podcast or visit our website for more information as to when they are available. And please share this episode with your friends. Thanks for listening.